0: Welcome to the Covenant Life Center podcast. We're so thankful that you chose to listen to this message. To get more connected with us, you can look us up on all social media at CLC Victoria and download our app. Now, here's this week's message. Mark chapter 10, Mark chapter 10, verse 13. Then they brought a little, they brought little children to him that he might touch them. But the disciples rebuked those who brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was greatly displeased and said to them, let the little children come to me. He was displeased. Everyone say displeased. That means that he was upset. That means he didn't like it. That means he stood up, stood for something. That means that he, when he saw his own disciples, thinking that it would be a disturbance, he knew. He knew that this was the future. And so he said, it depleased, and he said to them, verse 14, let the little children come to me. Now, the reason why he said and emphasized on him being displeased is because you have to recognize that in order to recognize possibly what his tone was like in the next words that came out of his mouth. And I believe he said it something like this. Let the little children come to me. Leave them alone and do not forbid them for of such is the kingdom of God. This is your future. This is an an example of what you should be like. Speaking to the adults that were in that moment this is what you should be like wanting to come to me and be like a child and so assuredly he said in verse 15 i say to you whoever does not receive the kingdom of god as a little child will by no means enter it in other words your your faith has to be simple you can't complicate it you have to believe it. You have to understand it. God's not complicated, folks. We complicate God. It's very simple. But he said you have to be like a little child. And he said if you're not like a child, you're not going to enter into that, the kingdom like you should on this earth. And he took them up by his, in his arms. He took them up, picked them up, embraced them, laid his hands on them, and blessed them. That's my favorite part right there because that's what a good father does. The father of heaven was in the Son of God in Jesus Christ, and through Jesus Christ, our heavenly father was embracing little children. He took them up into his arms. Have you ever had God pick you up, surround you, keep you, and hold you into his arms? Have you ever felt God's hand of protection just come into your life? And I promise you it was in those moments when you became like a little child and your faith was simple. A simple cry out to God saying, Lord, help me sometimes will do you wonders. But my point today is this. On this topic, the subtitle for today's message is, I am a child of God. And we're going to teach you within a short period of time and encourage you to get back to the place of innocence in your life to walk with God and watch God fight your battles for you protect you and keep you he's a good father and he loves you so much could you tell him that back right now that you love him he's already proved it to us he gave his life at Calvary he he took the stripes on his back his blood was shed for you and I show him some appreciation everyone from the front to the back pray for this service this Sunday morning and ask God to bless it Ask God to multiply the word. Ask God to anoint this word. Ask the Lord to simply just receive all praise and all goodness. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this Sunday morning. God, we're so glad we're in your presence once again. But Father, in Jesus' name, we come to you, we depend on you, and we thank you, dear God. For being a help to us now enlighten us enrich us god with wisdom and knowledge and we will bless you today and give you all the credit for every good thing in jesus name we pray and somebody one more time give him a strong hand clap of praise thank you father turn around to somebody and look at them and say jesus is still undisputed in our lives And you can be seated this Sunday morning. God bless you. It's so good to have everyone here and everyone together as a family. Um, Family is so important. Family to me is everything. Everything I do, and I'm sure you feel the same way, everything we do is because of our God and our family. Your family is also bigger than those who live under your roof. Spiritually, you have a family that you may not know very well, but in the spirit, if you look across the way, those are your brothers and sisters. The blood of Jesus flows through their veins just like it does yours. Family is everything. In fact, family is one of our values in this church. Family is a priority for us, our church family, our immediate family. But when God looks down, God doesn't see just a church. I'm so excited about the future. Any day now, we're going to get the call. We're going to transfer over $125,000 to get our property, and we're going to start dreaming and putting the building together. And. You know, it's exciting to that. As a church family, just like a, your own family, the excitement about moving into a new home is great. But no matter where you live and no matter where you're at, God will love us the same as he did in this warehouse as he will in the next location. Why? Because we're family. We're family. God doesn't care about buildings. God doesn't care about the things we have. He wants us to be blessed. and. Uh, thank God for his favor and for his blessings, but there are some things that are more more important than things. More important than things is family, your loved ones in your life. When God looks at us, he doesn't see lights. He doesn't see music. He doesn't see real estate. God sees hearts. And God looks down and he sees... The image of his son, because Jesus was the firstborn among many brethren. That's what the Bible says. That Jesus was the firstborn among many brethren. That means that when Jesus came into this world, the deity and the, 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 the prince and the kingship of his, of who he was, his identity was first tested by Satan by Asking the questions, if you are the son of God, then do this. And if you're the son of God, then do this and do that. And that was the biggest conflict he had before ministry for those 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness after his baptism. But once that was conquered in his own personal life, the rest was just proving who he was by example. Walking as a son. And everything that he had overcome and everything that he had went through was going to be for you and I, for our benefit. So that's the beauty of all that we have in that covenant relationship with Jesus is the fact that if he overcame the world, then he tells us, be of good cheer for, for I've overcome the world and so shall you. You're going to overcome But the the overcoming power, what he had in his life, came from his heavenly father. It came from his heavenly father. He talked about this relationship he had with this father, who is our father. He talked about this, and he said that I don't do anything except what the father tells me. He said, the words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. My words are my own. My words I get from someone else, and that someone else is my heavenly father. He said, I come to do the will of my father. Even in that last moment when he was giving up his, his life completely, you see, the devil didn't kill God. He, he crucified the flesh of God. God. You can't kill God. The devil didn't kill God when he was there on the cross, and Jesus cried out and said, my father, my father, why hast thou forsaken me? Do the story. Do the research. It was the spirit man leaving the body. The spirit of God was withdrawing itself from the body and and, in the flesh, and the humanity part was crying out and saying, I feel a withdrawal. I, this feeling I, I have I have never felt before is leaving me now. My father, my father, why hast thou forsaken me? Where, What's going on? What's happening? That was the only moment in the scripture you could ever find where the father was withdrawing himself from the son. And so the spirit withdrew himself and the Bible says he gave up the ghost but the but what was what was there as the outer shell was dying and dead So hell never killed God he can't kill an eternal spirit the one who created all things God created even all of those angels, and they fell down to the earth and were cast down into hell. And I'm telling you that he is the creator of all things, and all things work together for his good. And everything was made for him, by him, and through him. And in the beginning, he was the word and the logos and the plan. And the plan became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. But when that moment had come, it was nothing more than just an experience that he had to go through and feel forsaken so you and I would never have to feel forsaken. That's what it was. That's what it was. Because he also said it in John, I will never leave you or forsake you anymore. Why? Because I'm gonna be forsaken for a moment. But after I'm forsaken for a moment, I'm gonna rise again on the third day and I'm gonna let the power of my Father come back and to raise me back up. What I'm trying to tell you is is that every single thing that Jesus went through was for your benefit. And now... Upon his descension, after his ascension, he poured his spirit out upon all flesh. And now you and I have become the sons of God, not in just relation to a certain gender, because in the kingdom of God there is neither male nor female, but all belong to him. And now he is our heavenly father. How many of you are glad that you have been purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ? How many of you have been saved and sanctified and filled with this spirit here this Sunday morning? Come on, you know the old saying, I'm saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost, right? Remember that? You had to say Holy Ghost just like that in order to to be valid, right? (laughs) Who the Son has set free is free indeed. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. That was the intent from the very beginning. God's greatest intention was to simply come down, come to the lost sheep of Israel. He stood over Jerusalem. If you look at this in Matthew 23, 37, he he stood over Jerusalem and he cried out that that day and he said, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stoned those who are sent to her, how often I wanted to gather you I wanted to gather your children. Listen to what he says. I wanted to gather your children. Children mean everything to God. And as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. They didn't recognize who Jesus was in that moment, but but Jesus recognized who they were. From the beginning of his ministry, his his whole intention was to protect, to guide, and to direct. But the redemption part of this love story is, is that now through the precious blood of Jesus and by faith, we are now one body in Christ made up of both Jew and Gentile. And God came back to his people and there are still his people. But God brought in a group of people, you and I, who are nowhere near the family tree you and I were cast, outcast, and we were foreigners. We were aliens. We were outside the box, and God had no other way to make this happen and merge the two together and unite us with our spiritual family except through the blood of Jesus. And then, but once that happened, once that happened, now we are a body made up of both Jew and Gentile, and believers. It doesn't matter if you're red, black, yellow, or white. It doesn't matter what you're Spanish. Uh, If you're Spanish, how many Puerto Ricans do we have in the house? Got a lot of Puerto Ricans in this house. We have a lot of rice and olives. How many African-Americans do we have here in this house? How many Latinos do we have in the house? How many Asians do we have in the house? Okay, we need some Asians in the house. It's a multicultural church. We're all different. I don't see hardly any of you that look like each other. Sitting right next to you is your brother from another mother and a mister from another sister. But the one thing I do see that's common among all of us is the forgiveness and the grace and the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ. How do I know? Because you got a smile on your face. You got a peace in your life you got a hand clap, a skip in your step. You're confident in who you are in God. I saw you worshiping during worship service. You didn't think nobody was watching you. I saw you lifting up your hands. I saw you giving God praise. I heard you say amen. I know that God even heard that as well. But there's evidence to know that you're part of a family that's bigger than what you have right now in this world. There are more for you than there are against you, folks. I'm just telling you that. Your family is bigger. So your family has been broadened by him. And so being a son of God, being a son of God has its privileges. Being a child of God has its privileges. When when Jesus was asked by the disciples, what do we do? How do we pray? Teach us how to pray. Listen to the outline, the very, very first portion of Matthew chapter 6 and verse 9. Listen to the very first phrase. He said, in this manner, pray, our Father, our Father, in heaven, hallowed or holy is your name. He said, the very first thing you have to recognize, it wasn't just a word. He said, you have to believe that you are a son of God a child of God. And when you go to God, you go as a child. You go as a relative. You go towards him as a family member, not an outcast, not a stranger, not an employee, not even nothing. You go to him as a child talking to him saying, dear father, daddy, abba father, abba I lost my dad at the age of six years old, and I've never had really a dad in my life. but I'll never forget the moment that I started getting the understanding of who God really was in my life when I got saved. and he filled a void in my life, and now I feel I have a father in my life. And I know there's a lot of you. maybe you don't have your dad with you, maybe. Maybe you don't feel like you have that person in your life, or maybe you do have a dad, but maybe you're not as close, or maybe you can't have him all the time there with you. Can I simply tell you that your heavenly Father is omnipresent, omnipotent with all power, and omniscient with all wisdom, and he is there for you 24 hours of the day, seven days a week, and 365 days of the year, and all the minutes therein. And he neither sleeps, he neither slumbers, he is always awake. He watches after you when you sleep, and he has guardian angels that are there over your protection. Why? Because you're his child. You're his child. No matter how far you go, no matter what you do, no matter how many failures you have made, because a failure is just an event, it is not a person. As long as you stay down, you're associated with it. But when you get back up, you disassociate yourself with that moment. No matter where you've where you've been, he will always be a father to you. He will always be your loving savior. All the wrath of God was taken out on Jesus Christ. All of the hatred, all of the things that that would you think would separate you from God was now there in that moment accepted in the life of Jesus Christ, and he took it all for you and I. Your big brother, if you will, took all of it for you. So don't ever, don't ever, I'm going to say it again, don't ever. It's a long time when you say take the four out of forever, right? Because forever people have been thinking to themselves, God has just left me. God doesn't care about me. Man, I can't believe this. After all I've done for him. Right? <laughs> After all the tithes I've paid, <laughs> your tithes is doing you a favor more than it is God. By the way, I'm just simply—I'm just saying. Okay, I'm going—I'm going old school on you. But it's a fact. God doesn't owe us anything. There's nothing you can do to cause Him to love you more than He loves you right now. He loves you just because he loves you. That's hard for us to fathom. We make a mistake. He gave the spirit unto Christ without measure. And he gives you love without measure. He blesses you with favor if you allow him without measure. He wants to do so much more. Being a child is Is the hard part for you and I sometimes? The hard part isn't the fact that he's our father. There's no strain in that. There's no strain in that at all. There's no strain in that at all. We have a hard time being his children because we're the ones who demote us, demote ourselves. And God wants to promote us every single day. How many of you have been promoted by God, by the way? Has God been good to you? Has God smiled in your life? I mean, mean, you know, we think also because we're not being blessed in the moment, something's wrong. That's not true. Sometimes God wants your character to catch up to your favor. Let me say that one more time. We think, because we're not being blessed, like super blessed, right? Like angels aren't falling down. and Gold isn't manifesting itself, right? To it's all of you Bethel people, right? <laughs> I believe in some of that stuff. I believe in a lot of stuff that happens. God can do anything, right? But all I'm telling you is I don't have to see a manifestation in order to validate his love to, to, to validate that, that he loves me. I know that he loves me. I know what he did for me. Why? Because I believe the book. I believe what he said in the book. The book is right. He gave his life. For God so loved the world that he what? Loaned. He loaned. That means that you have to pay him back. Because that's the way we think because we live in a in a day and age where everything's based on loans and interest. And that's your mentality. That's our mentality sometimes. Oh, my God. God bless me. I I owe him. You may not say it, but some of you think it. It's not by works through your salvation, but yet works, faith without works is dead, but yet through the grace of God. God so loved the world that he gave without strings being attached, without your name in the record logbook saying he and she owes me big. You and I could never repay what God has done for you and I. You could never So what does this all have to do with spiritual warfare? And what does this have to do with being undisputed in God's kingdom? Number one, a good father. Number one, point number one, a good father protects his children. See, all the protection, all the benefits of being a child of God is in the father. But until, if you want him to be a father, the biggest challenge is for us to learn how to be a child. You have to work with God. You have to trust God. Some of the things that you may be going through in your life, if you're fighting a battle, if you're going through issues or having problems, I don't care what it is, if you're being taken to court, if you're, if you're a conflict in your family or someone doesn't like you. By the way, if you have haters, you're doing a good thing. That's all I'm saying. Whatever it may be, spiritually, physically, relationally, financially, whatever it may be, it is not God's will for you to be mentally exhausted about it, worried about it, fearful about it. Your only responsibility is to be a good child of God and trust Him. Number, Matthew 18 and 10. Matthew 18 and 10 says, in the ESV, see that you do not despise. Watch this. Here's how he feels about children, his children. See that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I tell you that in heaven their angels, say my angels, say my angels. How many of you know that you've got an angel God assigned to you? Did you know that? Did you know right when you were born, when you were born, did you know in the hospital, maybe some of you were born in a home, I I don't know. I I mean, maybe you were. I mean, it happens. i got a brother who has eight kids, seven kids. How many kids has he got? He's got a soccer team. (laughs) All of them born in the house. Uh Uh-oh. Right? Latino man. I love my brother. Why? why, why, why? That, you know how much cheaper it is? Crazy. I don't care where you were born, but at some point when you were born, there was a nurse that took and watched after you to help you. When you were born, don't think for one moment that God just let you be born again and just be on your own. God gave you an angel to walk with you, to watch after you, to be with you. He put a spirit in you, but God has a means of operation, and he chose to put angels to do the battles for us because he wants you to understand that there are more for you than there are against you and how the system works. They carry out his bidding. That you know you're not you're you're made in a higher rank than an angel. Angels have no ability I don't know why I'm talking about angels, but I'm just going to simply just point this out to you. You're not like an angel, and they're not above you. And I have respect for the hierarchy and the way that God works, and I don't speak condescendingly in a condescending way. But I will say this, is that angels can never be redeemed like you and I have been redeemed. Angels cannot be purchased by the blood that you and I have been purchased by the blood. Angels are not in the image of God. You are in the image of God. So when you speak and you open your mouth, if it lines up with what your heavenly father is saying inside of you, and if you're operating as a child, whatever comes out of your mouth, those angels have to obey. I don't know about that, Pastor Bobby. That sounds crazy, man. You're local, dude. You're crazy about them. Well, let's read the Bible. Let's finish reading it. Let me start over. Matthew chapter 18, verse 10 see that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I tell you that in heaven their angels always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. In other words, their angels are watching the Father listening to you for their next assignment. Be careful that what Paul said because you are entertaining, you might be entertaining angels unaware. When Daniel was in his biggest battle of his life he went into prayer and fasting and in the season of prayer and fasting just surrendering to god an angel showed up and said daniel from day one god heard you it took me a little bit to get here because i had to fight against the prince of persia but I have been sent to give you a message. But he said, Michael stood in your stead. An angel was there. You see, God doesn't want us to work harder. He wants us to work smarter. Favor, I love favor, because favor will open doors for you that you could never, ever open up on your own. I'm not intimidated when somebody comes to me with a false accusation or threatens me, or tries to threaten my family. I don't try to fight back. I'll tell you what I have learned to do. I've learned to become like a little child in the eyes of God. I get on my hands and knees, and I become innocent again. And I go to my heavenly Father, and he picks me up again, if you will. And he puts me on his lap, and he begins to hold me and tells me, don't worry, son, nobody's going to touch you. Nobody's going to mess with you. Ain't Speak the word, and I've got some angels on your behalf. I've got some angelic beings. If they ever manifested themselves, they would scare the choiners out of anybody. <laughs> I'm sorry, I got to keep you ready, G. <laughs> They'd scare the pants out of off anybody. You don't know how protective your father is. You don't know. Every one of us have protection, has angels. If you've ever wondered what it would be like to have a personal bodyguard, start to praise God and recite that word like you should, and you'll see some things happen in your life and some things that have been bothering you, vexing you, a lot of brand-new Christians, when I've seen them saved and they come to God and they get under their first, they get under their first uh, 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 I guess, baptism of fire and they start f- dealing with temptation and start dealing with bad thoughts and, and they start dealing with a lot of emotion and they can't figure it out. And I try to help them a little bit and, then, and help them analyze their personal walk with God and ask them, well, first of all, how much time have you spent in prayer? Prayer is an important part of your walk with God, how much have you been reading your Bible and not just reading it, but holding it in your heart? I've said this a hundred times in the church, and I'm going to say it again. It would benefit you more to read one chapter and memorize one verse a day than it would to read five books a day and forget what you read. Keep it simple. Take that word, hold it in your heart, memorize it, recite it, sing it, praise it. And I promise you, just by a simple, practical, day-to-day routine walk with God, you'll see more done through that than you would trying to be a spiritual gladiator. How can you be a spiritual gladiator if you never really had the sword of the Spirit yet developed in your life and haven't even been through training. So I've tried to help a lot of our new people and tell them, look, you're not possessed by a devil. You're being oppressed by a devil. There's a big difference. They're they're just hanging around you like a monkey on your back because you're entertaining the thoughts and the feelings that they're giving you. But once you surrender to God, then you cut off their source, and the angels of God (laughs) fight your battles for you and your words inside of you. The Spirit of God. And don't, don't forget the sword of the Spirit is all I'm saying, is that when you open up your mouth, the Spirit inside of you will begin to deal with things that you couldn't deal with under the inspiration of your heavenly Father. That's where it lies. I'm, if I'm anointed, it's only because He's inside of me and He's the anointed one, Jesus Christ. Christ is not His last name like Rivetta, Gonzalez, or Garcia, Right? Christ is not Jesus' last name. It's a description. Christ means anointed one. Jesus, the anointed one. He's the one that's anointed in my life. I'm just surrendering to the anointing. Wow, becoming a child. Becoming a child. I I love it. Point number two and the last point i want to give you, and I want you to remember this. and, And download my notes if you want to follow this and go back and study it again or listen to the podcast or go to YouTube, get our channel, download the app. It'll help you a lot, I promise you. Return to innocence. Repeat that after me. Return to innocence. Watching God win battles for you to see the undisputed king of kings Working in your life is a matter of returning to innocence. Just recently, I, I've taken on the, the, you call it a sport, hobby, whatever you want to call it. I started riding bike. Now, before you laugh, because at first when I started riding the bike, I felt like a circus bear. Oh my gosh, man. I remember when I was a kid, it was so much fun, man. I'll just, i just, how many of you rode bikes when you were little? And you had, I just had so much fun. And, and I remember going around those corners, going down those hills, riding the little bunny hop, you know, just kind of, I don't know how I used to do it, just kind of <laughs> hopping and stuff, right? Not no more, not no more. <laughs> so. So I found out that when I got on the bike, I started feeling like a kid again, so I enjoyed it. And I remember one time just recently, a couple weeks ago, I was driving down Navarro. If you see this huge guy, <laughs> not height wide, but wide, width-wise, you see this, <laughs> This, there, I'm not going to give my weight away. Anyhow, if you see this guy, if you see me, and you see lights flashing everywhere, is on a mountain bike, <laughs> going down Navarro on the side, that's me. But the other day, as Caleb and I were riding the bikes, Caleb was behind me. He started riding bike, and I was going. I said, "Okay, follow me, son." I said, "You got to follow me. Be careful. There's a little place in front of Golden Corral that has this little dip." He goes, "Okay." So here we go. We're cutting through the parking lot of where the Office Depot's at, and we're going through and we're cutting across, and here comes that little spot right in front of Golden Corral. It's grass there. There's a pole right there, and I look at it, and it's a little, just, I'm talking maybe three inches, like a little dip, just a little dip. I've seen it before. I never attempted to cross it, so I thought, you know what? My son's behind me. I'm going to show off a little bit, <laughs> so we're going, we're going. I'm leading, the, leading them, and here we go. I come to that little place, and I in my mind, in my mind, I, I remember when I was a kid, those parking lot little, you know, right? Speed bumps and all, all this. I remember, right? Well, I did it again. I tried to bring it back to my childhood, and I went back up. But my mind went up. My body stayed down. And I hit that little bitty dip, the little dip. And I'm telling you, it was God before God and his angels. I mean, the Scripture came to me. And he shall not allow your foot to dash against the stone, and his angels will have complete charge. Well, that didn't happen that day. And I hit that little thing and flew over the bike over the bike and the handles, landed on my ribs, and while I'm in mid-air, while I'm in mid-air, behind me I heard, ha, <laughs> <laughs> And I think I heard a, on the barrel too. Now, the reason why I'm telling you this is because, listen, being a child of God, you got to have a reality check, okay? You're not physically becoming a child again, but you got to know your limitations. I mean, being a child of God is not all about being able to do the things you used to do. It's about God doing the things that you can't do. I'm going to tell the truth now. I'm going to tell you the truth now, Caleb. When I was in that moment, wisdom told me, go around. Pride told me, you can do it. I didn't listen. Because most of the time, God, it's not about protection. It's about protection, but it's about prevention. Because an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. And so I'm saying that to say this is that lots of times, a lot of the problems we get into is the problem of disobedience. Now we're fixing, don't get quiet on me now. Now we're fixing to get real again. Many times I get into problems because of disobedience, because I'm not obedient. Okay, so, so, so let's talk about this. Let's talk about this. So So, Abraham had two sons, right? Isaac and... right? Ishmael? We're going to call him Ish. Why? Because I'm pretty sure that the A becomes before, comes before the E, but I'm not quite sure right now. What was the difference there, guys, between the two? Right? One was a promise. Right? The other one was what? Disobedience. Or how about we say self-willed. One was a product, and it's kind of small, but just bear with me. But here's what's unique about that is that they both have the what? The same what? Yep. They both have the same father. So in both having the same father, they were both blessed. You remember what what Abraham said, oh, that you may bless Ishmael, right? God said, okay, I'll bless Ishmael, but I'm only making my covenant with Isaac. Why? Why? Because one had the right mother. Am I right? One had the right mother. That's what established a covenant. Therefore, under that, God established his covenant. Because... Under Isaac, the promise, for Isaac, the promise was given, and the promise will be fulfilled through obedience, finding the right mother. And therefore, God made his covenant with Isaac. But the Scripture says that Ishmael would be a wild man. Ishmael would be a wild man. That means that he was going to be a, what? Covenant breaker. Uh Uh-oh. Let's just say breaker. A rules breaker. Rebellion. These were two children, two children. One was a child of covenant. The other one was a rule breaker. All because of disobedience from the father. All because of disobedience from the father. Now, now, because of all of this, because of one bad decision, They both have the same father, but because he made his covenant with one. Now, watch this. Now we have the church that came out of one. And I'm going to say something here, and I'm going to put this down here, but don't throw stones at me. But out of the other came Islam, two different bodies of believers. And if you're watching, we have people that watch us on YouTube. And if this is your faith, then we wanted you to consider that Jesus Christ is greater. Jesus, there's no other way except through Jesus Christ, is what we believe, is what the Bible teaches. He wasn't just a prophet, he was the was Son of God who rose again from the dead. So consider, so consider Jesus Christ who's alive and well. And consider the lineage. So today, we have more brothers and sisters and children out of the act based on the origin of each child. Based on the origin of each child. You see, they were both identical with cattle, identical with property and land, identical with, with children, a mere reflection. But God made his covenant with one and not the other. Therefore, the ones of covenant continued to go and still are being born again. And this, is, by the way, is where you're at. You're, you're under this right here. And because of this, God throughout the years has protected his people, both Jew and Gentile under one faith together, God has protected, God has assigned. But under the other, there is no covenant. There are issues, there are problems. There are wars, there are murders, there are things that are totally beyond what, what, what the mind can even conceive. But under this one, under this one here, we're blessed, we're highly favored of God. We're gonna live in eternity with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We, this is where the lineage, between here, right here, right in here, This is where Jesus came in. That's where Jesus came in and made the difference. He didn't decide to come on this side of the team for this team. He came on this side. Why? Because it was the covenant side. It was the blessed side. So all I'm trying to tell you is, are you ready? I'm fixing to blow your theological halos out of the water. Are you ready? Paul wrote and said that there are two children, one of promise and one of Sinai. One was under the covenant with Sarah and the other one was with Hagar. The scripture also says that Eve Eve was symbolic for the mother of us all in relevance to the church. Like Eve was to all of every human being. So now in the New Testament, the church is now the mother of every new child that is born. Why? Because the first Adam was the father of all those that came after, right? Then what happened in the New Testament? God sent who? Jesus, he became the what? Second Adam. Then all were born under him. But who was his bride? The church Where are you born again? Where does the rebirth take place? Nicodemus came to Jesus. You're going to follow me closely now. You're probably going to have to go back and watch the video, but just pay attention. Nicodemus came to Jesus by night and said, Lord, no one can do the miracles of that doers except you because God's with you. He just said, except a man be born again of the water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. How's that? How can I enter my mother's womb the second time? He said, no. Born of the water and of the spirit. How many of you can agree that that's water baptism and that's spirit baptism? What's the first thing, mamas, when the baby is about to be born? What's the first thing that happens? The water what? Ah first thing that happens in the church when somebody is born again, it's going to happen today. They go into the water, baptismal means to dip, and they come out breaking the water. And then the Spirit comes into their life. One of the first signs the doctor had to have from you was a cry to make sure you had what? Breath. That's why upon receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit in your life, there has to be a voice, a talk. God interacts with you and God begins to work with you and deals with your heart. But to have the fullness of God, there has to be an open mouth to be filled with God. But that all happens in the church, in the church body. So within the confines of the church is where souls are born again. Just like a a child has to have the blood of the father upon conception with the womb of the mother, so does the blood of Jesus happen when we repent of our sins in the church and the blood is applied and the water is broken and we receive the spirit and we come out of the womb born again. And here we are. It's still happening today like it happened for Isaac under a new covenant, under Jesus Christ. Did you catch that? It's still happening today all around the world. Every, every week. The promise is being fulfilled. People are being born again within the womb of the church. And children are being born to God all around the world. And guess what? You are one of them. You're part of the family if you've been born again. If you're in this building and you have not made Jesus the Lord of your life, then today's the day. In fact, I'll just go even far enough to tell you and just kind of give you an invitation and say, if you've not been water baptized, we would love to baptize you, take you under the name of Jesus Christ. When a baby is born, then the baby receives the name of their parent. And when you're baptized, you take on the name of Jesus Christ in your life. It's all part of the born-again process. But my point to you today is that you were born out of the family. Therefore, therefore, remember this. This is my last point, and this is all I want to leave you. Being a child is a child of God is a choice. Being a child of God is a choice. But I promise you this, when you are a child of God, He is going to protect you. He is going to provide for you. He is going to fight for you. He's going to stand on your side. He is going to back you up. He is going to be a father to you like you would be to your children. And even better, I'm telling you, don't try to Fight your own battles. You have a heavenly father that's gonna fight every battle. And let me tell you something, he has never lost one. He has never lost a battle. His train fills the temple. He is a mighty God, he's an everlasting father, he's the prince of peace, he's the chief cornerstone, he's a lion of the tribe of Judah. He is the great I am. He is Alpha and Omega. He is beginning and the end. He is the bright and the morning star. He is your heavenly Father. Somebody stand to your feet, give God some praise, and tell him how wonderful he is. I'm trying to tell you that you are part of a family that is tight, that is close, that is bought and purchased by the blood of Jesus. You have everything necessary to face life, to deal with your issues. What are you facing right now? Remember you were born again. Remember who you belong to. Remember that you are a child of God. And God's going to provide for you. God's going to promote you. God's going to give you favor. God's going to take care of you. All you've got to do is be a child. Get back to your innocence become innocent to him again a place of innocence as a child that's a place called trust our mission here at covenant life center is to help our world live give and love like Jesus if our ministry has impacted you in any way we would love for you to email us at info at you can get connected with us through our social media at clcvictoria and download our app